Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to the Marissa Says Podcast, where we work to normalize learning while fostering healthy and sometimes difficult discussions. This week's episode starts right now. All right, all right. So welcome back, folks. This episode's positive affirmation is the following. I am a visionary. Now let's all just claim that for a second. And whether you're thinking about what's up next for you this week, what's up next for you this year or this season, or whatever chapter of your life you're in, let's think about planning the future with wisdom, kindness, insightfulness, and just love, actually. Yeah. Let's plan our future with love. Now it's time for recap and catch up with T, aka me. So I, you know, I ain't got much going on, but I figured I should let y'all know because, you know, since we kind of in each other's business through this little podcast show or whatever, I figured I would let y'all know that by summer, so by end of June, I haven't picked which Wednesday yet, which Wednesday yet, but by summer, Season three of Marissa Says will be wrapping up. I kind of powered through since October, October, November, since the fall, but I will be taking a break for the summer and then I will see you folks uh, at the end of the year. So towards late fall, you know, to kind of get us all cozied up again during cuffin season. Um, But that said, we ain't gonna waste no more time. We gonna get right into it, y'all. We gonna get into what we eat in, eh? What we eat in? <laughs> what we eat in? Eh? What we eat? Okay. So I got, <laughs> I got some Doritos, but I got the flaming hot Cool Ranch. Now I've actually had this um, bag for at least two weeks, and I just you know haven't recorded yet. So here we are. But initially, when I saw it, I was like, no way, I'm gonna try it. But then I was like, I have to try it because. I love Cool Ranch Doritos. Like, I think they're an underrated, really good one. And then I thought we were over the flaming Hot on everything. You know, I put that shit on everything. I thought we were over that. But let's let's see here. Okay. So I sniff in it, and it, it smells like Cool Ranch. And... Okay, so they're not very hot but maybe this is one of the situations by like the fifth or sixth chip i'm like okay there's the heat but they actually taste like harvest cheddar sun chips which is throwing me for a loop um but speaking of a loop something you gonna want to loop and have on repeat is our next guest for our on repeat series, Lonely Boys Music. So I definitely encourage you folks to check out the description box after listening to this amazing conversation that I was able to be part of with Lonely Boy. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna do the dude. I'm gonna stitchy, stitchy right here and y'all can just bask in his amazing energy. And like I said, be sure to check out and support his music. See y'all on the flippy dippy. And we are here with our next amazing guest 
guest for the next episode of my on repeat series. So welcome everyone, lonely boy. Hello, how are you? Good, I'm good, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. For y'all who don't know me, my name is Lonely Boy. Mm -hmm. I'm from Ottawa, Canada, you know, the capital. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm here to chop it up. I don't know, get to know you, get to know me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me some questions, get uh, get a better understanding of who I am and my thought yeah. process. And everything that you have already offered the world and you will continue uh, to offer. It's funny because, like, maybe folks know this about me personally, but I basketball coach so I literally came from basketball practice and started recording and I listened to volume one on my way to practice and then okay. I listened to volume two on my way back so homework. I was like yeah homework but that said can you tell us a little bit more about like just who you are or who you are currently because one thing I noticed is we all kind of like to change and sometimes reinvent ourselves but who Who's Lonely Boy? I, you have a hat that says lover on. Tell me yeah. your vibe. You have a beautiful orange jacket on. It's a vibe. So <laughs> let us know who you are. All right. So obviously, um, the name is Lonely Boy. <laughs> I'm basically like the most popular loner that you'll ever meet. Uh, in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> I mean, like in terms of like who I am, I mean, I'm definitely much of an extra. I'm like an extroverted, introverted person. So mm-hmm. I love, I love conversing uh with others i love i'm curious about life what life has to offer and i'm curious about like pursuing my dreams and like bettering the world around me or the communities that i'm a part of while Mm -hmm. pursuing them Mm -hmm. and i mean i'm just here to like hold myself accountable and learn and do that through music and share and you know i think um that stems from the fact is when i was growing up i felt very like misunderstood um, you know, obviously I was an avid like uh, gossip girl uh, watcher at the time, but that's not the why. That's not the reason <laughs> why I came up with the name. <laughs> I literally just did because I felt like I was so misunderstood. Like no one really understood me, and uh, I also like didn't feel vulnerable or comfortable to really share myself with people around me, even though they expressed like great interest in getting to know me. Um, however, mm-hmm. um, so that really was the start. Like you know, I had like three, four aliases before. <laughs> you know, I came with really? the boy. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> at first it was Tony Acapella. Uh, I was known, not known, I guess like amongst my peers and stuff. Um, I was known for being able to like carry a great tune, like vocally, just like mm-hmm. acapella mm-hmm. without any records. And then, um, that didn't work out. And then I went to the unknown. Um, and I loved the fact that I could do that because at this point in time, I was really big on Tumblr and really with like the mysterious aesthetics Mm-hmm. Um, but then I don't know, I felt there was something still missing, mm-hmm. you know, um, I felt like there's something missing about myself and about like who I was and what I was going to do. And I was like, yo, damn, might as well just be like, I just feel lonely. Like, I don't know. And I was like, boom, bright idea. Uh, <laughs> conceptualized like this whole idea when I was I mean, 22, 23. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's, it's been like that ever since it did take me some time though. Uh, it did. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. And I definitely did. Because I wear many hats, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak yeah, to I, I wear many hats, the other yeah. hats you're wear, you wear? Because I know that like you work in music, but I know that you work in other fields as well. I'm not trying to put your business yeah. out before you put. No, no, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Like, yeah, I definitely uh, have different hats, you know, like before I started doing music, I was um, 
styling. I was styling on the side, just trying to build my 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 repertoire, like my fashion portfolio, mm-hmm. um, and definitely trying to work that network. Um, obviously, it was like within the Canadian market and not so much. Um, you know, anywhere else, but I had pretty good, um, accolades for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I did that, I just, I guess I wanted more. I wanted, I wanted to know and learn what was, what it was like to work in, you know, like more corporate spaces. Um, and so I ended up spending the last couple of months, um, or I should say a year and a bit working for uh, the federal government, actually. <gasps> For the enemy. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You know, you know, it's not even that deep though. But like, I think, um, you know, it was really nice because I got to work with um, IRCC, which is like Immigration Canada. And Mm -hmm. I worked on the anti-racism task force for quite Mm -hmm. some time. And that's kind of, you know, a part of like what I learned in like university is kind of what went into that. So I do, I tend to have many roles aside from singing you know uh styling and being like (laughs) an anti-racism secretary you know (laughs) yeah i I think it's good because you know um when you don't know yourself or when you don't know the communities that you're um ascribed to Mm -hmm. people may want to typecast you and may want to tell you what you should be or how you should fill out your role in your everyday life I'm not really um, a fan of being typecasted and I've, I felt like I've always um, done the status quo and mm-hmm. not, interested. not your, interested. Yeah. Your comments, your thoughts about what I should be, what I should be doing, who I am, what I can't like keep that to yourself. Like you don't pay my bills. You don't do anything for me. At the end of the day, I represent myself, the people who I love, who rep- like who also represent me and their mm-hmm. daily life and like that's my only concern so I'm not really with the shit of this whole like what I should do or what I should be so I know and I chose singing <laughs> like, I chose art you know as a way to as a way to do that so mm-hmm. um yeah that that's like that's me you know like I work crazy hours like doing all these roles and helping other artists like you I was know? gonna say when do you sleep is it like cat never. naps? Like never. <laughs> like I, I have the worst sleep too. That's the that's the thing. Oh, um, no. I be getting I be getting I be getting some sleep sometimes, but, but really no. I'm like really <laughs> passionate about what I do, mm-hmm. so I don't even care if I have four or five hours of sleep. Like obviously, my body is my temple, and I should always be mindful. And so you know, obviously, sleep is huge, but there's like not enough time in one day almost. But I'm grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I have the less amount of sleep and even if I'm cranky or whatever, like, I just like, uh, I'm motivated and I feel fueled. Mm-hmm. And if you have the out. energy to do it now, now's the time. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, and I can't really, I can't really complain. Like I'm in a position, I'm in a very unique position, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm like getting to do everything that I didn't think I would be able to do. You know, I've been dreaming of like, me pursuing my dreams since I've been like seven, you know? So these are, so I'm doing it right now. And to like, if I could go back and tell myself like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you're going to be doing it soon. Like you're going to start like putting yourself first. And I think that's just like really amazing. So I'm just really grateful to come from all types of backgrounds to have all types of roles do them well. Mm-hmm. and present myself in the best way possible you know yeah that's beautiful and like speaking of backgrounds um were, did you come from like a musical family or or did you discover that you were 
probably just creative or imaginative in nature. And then you continued to explore that and it led you to music and singing or, or did you have like specific uh, inspirations? Inspiration. Uh, that, yeah. Cause you did speak about styling and I did mention the jacket that they can't see, but you be yeah. serving looks yeah. and tunes. <laughs> so like, it, is it one with like, you can't have one without the other. Is it like a look or a feeling informs one or. Like, just talk to us about your inspirations and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm like, okay, shit, we're really getting into Kiki right now. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I would say that um, I do come from a musical family. Um, there is three other artists other than myself in my family currently. Oh, nice. Um, there, it's Hueso, who's also from Ottawa. There's Freddie Prince as well, who's also from Ottawa. And there's DeMar DeFrozen. Mm-hmm. Um, all those guys, they all make like crossover hip-hop depending on what like depending on their mood and what kind of style they do it's definitely crossover hip-hop because they definitely touch on different things Mm -hmm. um but I'm truly like the only um R&B act I would say Mm -hmm. amongst ourselves I mean this started like hella early too like (laughs) I always knew I could sing from the time I was like six or seven you know Mm -hmm. um my family was really big on Whitney Houston she's like uh you know like, there's nothing better than her. Like, it is literally Whitney Houston and everything <laughs> else falls underneath. Um, and that's the kind of household I grew up in. And, you know, my grandmother was super huge on uh, Bodyguard with uh, Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. And I just watched that movie back to back to back. And mm-hmm. I think at one point, I remember it was like, I want to run to you um, by Whitney Houston, you know. And um, I just was humming. You know, and mm-hmm. I think my uncle at the time was babysitting me and he's just like, yo, you got to do that again. Like you're doing something, you're doing something there. And I was like, no, I'm just like repeating what she's doing, you know, yeah, yeah. Anything crazy. And then he pulled me aside. And he's like, no, bro, like you can sing. Like, did you know you can do this? And I was like, yo, I'm like seven years old, bro. I just existing. Like- <laughs> yeah, I'm fresh out the womb. I have only been here for seven years. Right. Like chill out, you know. Um, and I just think from that moment on. I just always was creative. Like, it didn't matter what it was. Like, you know, I could literally occupy myself with Legos. I was a huge Lego fanatic as a kid. And I could create and build whatever I wanted and be held up in my room for hours on end just creating. It's the same thing with drawing and 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 watching film and analyzing songs. And I've just always been this way, you know? And I also like to look the part. I always like to look the part. I've always liked to to dress like to dress really well or just however I'm feeling. Now, obviously, it was a little bit different growing up in suburb Ottawa because it's like you want to fit in. You know, there wasn't many black kids that were mm-hmm. just like really um, outwardly expressing themselves, and I kind of fell uh, victim to assimilation. So I lost that part of me for quite some time, and then I would say when I turned like 17, 18, my body was just like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. you're done. Like we're done with high school. Like you could do what you want it's on (laughs) you know um and so that's kind of just like the the route that I take but no like honestly in terms of inspirations like I could say that like although I do come from um, a musical family I would say you know um I just always grew up with like really great eclectic taste I mean what people would consider like urban Mm. but uh, that's that's I don't know. And you can let them know. I literally did the quotations. Air quotes. that I did, you know, urban. Right. But no, like, you know, I had a father who loved to listen to like, I don't know, 
it would be it would go from like conscious music to dance hall to like R&B to country like mm. you know he put me on to like Garth Brooks and uh and you know and even like Bobby Caldwell and like it's just really it's just really all over the place but the one thing that I really that I really um took on was R&B I think mm. him my father and my mother really had a great um diverse like ear when it came to the sound and I just loved the way it made them feel when they listened to it so like my mom and dad would play R&B like yo mad loud like <laughs> crazy loud in the morning or in the car rides on our way to New York to visit family mm-hmm. and I would just always see them just like lip sync you know top of their voice like top of their lungs just doing the most and I think for me it was seeing my mother I think it was seeing how R&B made her feel as a woman mm-hmm. and I vowed from that day I think I was maybe about like 10 I was mm-hmm. like, I want to do exactly, like, exactly what's making you feel like that. Like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing beautiful than seeing, like, your mom sing a song in the kitchen or something or just do, existing and just really living, you know? Yeah. And that really was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I quick, I can probably do whatever this is, <laughs> whatever this is, like, that yeah. you're enjoying. I can definitely do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and it's obviously the most unconventional because, you know, I uh, come from a Caribbean background and like, you know, my parents. Oh, which islands? I got to, I got to. Uh, yo, okay. Okay. Represent, represent. So my dad's from Haiti. Yes. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Always those up. Always those up. Um, and then my mother's from Trinidad and Tobago, but she's Tobagonian. So this she, nice. yeah, born in Tobago, grew up in Trinidad. And mm. then she I don't know why, but when you said Trinidad and Tobago, I heard the little accent. That might yeah, have, you know, no, you, well, I was like, you dropped yeah. and then you started to sing a bit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, my dad's Barbados bad. and my mom is Grenada, but from like born and raised on Karakou, which is like right. Island, but yeah, Barbados and Grenada. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, see, this is what I, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. I have yet to visit uh, Barbados. I was supposed to visit, I believe, um, I think like three years ago. I just mm. never did. Something happened. Uh, something happened. I think it was like way before like the, the, <laughs> the ordeal of a of a pandemic. <laughs> right. <But laughs> I was supposed to go. I definitely, I definitely um I'm really big on the Caribbean. I feel like there's something that happens when I visit anywhere down south, but particularly like the Caribbean. I just feel like more in tune. I just feel like there's something that happens to me. I don't know. It's like I step off the plane and I'm like, right. So let's yeah. go. Like, you know. I'm ready to get my hands dirty, swim, do like just exist in the heat. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. There's something mm-hmm. about it. And these are, these are all the things I think that's, uh, that have impacted me, you know, like throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the years and stuff. Like I, I try never to pull away. It's not just like music, you know, it's also just like coming from an Island background and like seeing your parents like work, come from nothing work to obtain it all. Like, Mm-hmm. You could never tell me that nothing's not. Po- I don't want to hear that. Yeah, you yeah. know my parents were poor, poor, poor. Like yeah, you know, I, mm-hmm. so uh, for me to have everything that I want growing up as a kid and then some, like yeah, no, I'm just I'm getting no, my dream. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I'm like, no, there has to be. Like I tell my dad because my dad's still like, even though he's been on the show, God love him. I don't think he 100 percent grasped the idea of a podcast yet. I'm just like it's an online radio show yeah like a youtube radio shows are boring podcasts like yeah but my father is also going to be 78 next month so like he's like like right like when i finished recording with him his episode he was like so 
so they was listening and I'm like, no dad, like no one was listening. <laughs> no one was listening. We just recorded and then I'm going to edit and then I'm going to upload. It's like on Facebook. Yes. On Facebook. On Facebook. Like, maybe you'll get to, you'll, get to see it <laughs> you'll see it. You'll I see it. it. Right. <laughs> right. But I'm, I say, I feel the same way because I'm in Montreal and my dad like does not speak French. He can understand a few words, but I'm like, if my dad was able to move here, like own his house, like buy his car, like make sure, like you said, I had what I needed. And then some was able to support me through university in a whole other city. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no way I'm not going to get what I want out of this well, life exactly. because, because like if, and this man lived his whole life in Quebec and still does not speak. Like I still have to translate for him. And I'm like, if That's you can live in man. French ass Quebec and make yeah, it. I know about like, that. I know about that. I literally just <laughs> left the city. I was living there. From 2016 up until 2019, like it was, it was a ride. Montreal, was, Montreal was a ride. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely needed it though. It's definitely I can't compare it to to Ottawa. You know, I think there's there's something nice to exist in a space where everyone has a very diverse like background, mm-hmm. and they just they hold they take up space like yeah. and they don't make excuses for why they're like the way they are. They they're just this is who I am. Yeah, take it or leave it. Get out of my face. <laughs> You know, and I love that energy about like metropolitan cities. So I was like, oh, let me come in. But I, like I said, like I'm Haitian. So like the French speaking thing didn't really affect me. Mm-hmm. It's just that I noticed how um, in the Quebec ecosystem, how they tend to uh, prefer or they cater to. Um, they tend to cater to like non-racialized French speaking people uh, more so than the people who actually provide the culture. You know, there's a big Caribbean like influence in that city mm-hmm. predominantly like Haitian mm-hmm. and you know I feel like there wasn't much like respect being paid towards uh the communities that pave the way for culture and for like the life you know the vibrancy of like the like the city so I was just kind of like okay no I completely like I learned completely. what I gotta learn from here and I'm gonna move back out but I love coming to Montreal I think there's nothing better I, that's like my favorite city in all of Canada. It's a good time. Yeah. Like I, even like Toronto, Toronto's great, but something about Toronto, I feel like it's not as, I feel like it's too big. I feel like Montreal, at least maybe I'm biased, but Montreal, I feel like there's more like, I, f- I just feel more homey. Like I feel more of like because a homey. There are people that are not preoccupied. About. <laughs> but in yeah, Toronto, I'm just like. It's just big and like everyone's <laughs> trying to, sh- yeah. And it's just like chill out, like like it's not that hype. But um, anyways, I'm biased because it's Montreal for me. But even when I moved to Ottawa, I remember I was like, oh, this is gonna have to be an adjustment because this city is unique. It's mm. unique in that um, I don't like. I just I but I feel like Ottawa didn't get a fair chance. I feel like. There was the parliament and then they're like, oh, no, now we have to build a city next to the parliament. And then it's like, oh, let's put a university right next to the parliament. And then we're just going to have this whole situation going on. Like I just the vibe of the city and I and the vibe I got from, I guess, a lot of the folks that I crossed paths with was like everyone was trying to hustle just to say that they could hustle as opposed to hustling to trying to get somewhere. If that makes sense. like. I agree. But I think, I think that, I think that kind of culture is, is definitely shifting, you know, like, I mean, 
after living in Montreal for quite some time, coming back to Ottawa and noticing that there's a gap, I think people in Ottawa want culture. They want something happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels kind of weird. You know, for me, when I'm performing in other cities, you know, as a lonely boy, I represent Ottawa, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always like, oh, really? Like, a, fl- a fly guy like you from Ottawa? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, that's what it is. The talent, the flyness, like, it's cool. Great things come from peaceful, like, locations. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. people, it's like people usually sleep on Seattle, but Seattle has some of the best songwriters that ever exist, you know? Like, mm-hmm. don't sleep on something because it's boring. But I think we're pushing the we're pushing the envelope. I'm speaking for myself. I know that myself, Rebecca, Kingsley, like, my team, we really push for that. I think even guys like City Fidelia is changing the way that we operate. Like, we want to create something that's self-sustaining, that's like, okay... Like something's happening tonight, you know, mm-hmm. like this is what's going down. And I think you have to have people who who consistently want to create to add to the culture. Yeah. Because when you do that, then there becomes then there becomes this this appetite for it, this desire for it. You mm-hmm. know, this is the reason why people love um, Montreal more than Toronto. Montreal is a constant need to create culture for someone for someone to absorb. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to be in cities where people are continuously doing that. And those are like OGs, you know, I'm not going to consider myself an OG as of yet. I was going to say like, yet. That's the whole, <laughs> but like, that's the whole, I would say like, that's the whole motive intent. I just want to be, I just want to have a city that's like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's not boring. Like, I don't mind it. Like great things take time, you know, like, Toronto, Montreal, probably all started off as quiet as as Ottawa did. Now look how big it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just about the people who live there or who live in our city to not really, like, pay attention to that, you Mm -hmm. know? Because I don't really consider myself, like, a person that's bound to a city, you know? I'm very much, like, an international citizen. Like, I Mm -hmm. like to, like, live everywhere around the world if I possibly could, you know? Especially, I think it helps the music. It helps me creatively, likewise, you know? Right now, if I were to say the universe is your oyster. You can don't think about cost or safety or even let's be real racism. Where would you move to tomorrow if you could? And it would have, it would be like a dream for you. Where would you move tomorrow if you could? I can't lie. I would move to Ghana. <sighs> mm-hmm. nice. There's something to be said about like that's a really uh, good black one. diaspora, like the black diaspora that like leaves and goes to like the UK yeah, that goes to, like, the UK, the States, you know, wherever around the world. But, like, you know, even people from the islands, you know, who immigrate to Canada, like, there's something to be said about bl- the Black people that have remained in Africa, you understand, in that continent that come from various countries. Like, there's something so rich about their soul. You yeah. Know? It's something that you can't, you can't mess with. You can't, yo, there's something very, very, very distinguished about them, you know? And I found out that, my ancestry is like from there. So I feel mm. very, very, very much connected to um, Nigeria, Ghana, and Ivory Coast. Like, you know, those are places that, oh, and South Africa. I love South Africa. So I feel like these are the regions that I would automatically like go to, but mm-hmm. I would predominantly live in Ghana for sure. Oh, amazing. For sure. Amazing. Yeah. And for like, cause you, like you said, I really like how you articulated it as like an international uh, like citizen and not wanting to be bound and also kind of tying it back to something you mentioned earlier as well, how you were always just like creative and coming up with ideas, whether it, it's like 
you're drawing or you're singing or even just building Legos. Like when it comes to music or tackling a project, whether it's going to be a new single or a visual, or even just like how you're going to want to perform. Cause I, I, like I said, I have, you know, I've been watching or whatever. So I know you were dropping like covers and then we were seeing some like nice photos come out and then we're like, okay, then we got a project. We got So yeah. what's like your, your creative process or, um, does that even change um, from time to time? Yo, that definitely changes time to time. <laughs> uh, my creative process is I got to exist. My project, like that, that's how any project Amazing. comes to life. I have to actually exist. Like I have to experience difficult moments. I have to experience like the ups and the downs of life for me to, um, to base a song. And sometimes it's just about genuine conversations that I have with people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was inspired to like write songs based on my friends uh, that, you know, that express, you know, what was going on in their life. Um, and for me too, it's just like, okay, like once I get all those stories, you know, I, I'm usually make a mental note, my notepad on my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go into like the voice notes and maybe record like a little like riff, a little something, something. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of just like sit on the idea for a bit, you know, just really like, if I listen to the voice note and I still feel very passionate about the voice note, then I'm like, okay, bet. I know that mm-hmm. I got to go to the studio and like figure something out. So um, the best way to, sometimes like I can't really put it into words, but I know the song references that remind me of, of, of the song references that remind me of the song that I'm trying to create, you know? So I'll okay. go back and do, oh, there's a song that Prince made, you know? Like I want to emulate that, you know? That's mm-hmm. kind of how I, came up with like if I was your man from volume two per se mm. you know mm-hmm. the process behind that was more so okay at this stage in point I was more that's the so first in- track right yes that's the first thank track. you yeah. it makes sense because I was like there I I've felt this before <laughs> yeah. just how it's even started okay <laughs> yeah so it's kind of just like that kind of aha moment yeah I was like okay I don't want to make R&B like what they're making like me, I love the begging and like I, the vulnerability and owning up to being wrong and being like, I'm so in love with you. Like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, and when I wrote the song, I really imagined myself like if I was John Cusack out in front of someone's <laughs> house with like a radio in my hand, you know, just being like, yo, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love you. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that because that's the type of music that made my mom smile ear to ear, you know, mm-hmm. and when I made the record, like volume two, I predominantly wanted it to cater to like women so badly. I wanted it to be something that they can like, or like my my boys can play for their girls, you know, and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, yo, like, you know, you really bring it back romance. I really want to do that because I think that's it's my duty. But that comes from like experiencing, reading, and just really embracing like the, the in my intuition, following that intuition, the mood, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just really wanted to have something that would remind me of of that era, you know, like a prince or something. So I was like, okay, damn. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing like colors, like, you know, like fuchsia, like pinks, red. I'm thinking, like I said, like the John Cusack, like pop culture moment. I'm thinking, you know, like classic R&B, like early 2000s, you know, you got like the rain and someone singing out in the rain. Like I really want it to be that epic for no reason. Just that's how much I love you type of thing. Uh. And at that time, I was so desperate to win back, like, uh, the relationship that I had just lost, you know, because I was going through a breakup while I created the entire project, you know, mm, literally okay. it took, like, a year and a half to conceptualize. And mm-hmm. so, like, going through that, that there was phases in my mood, mm-hmm. you know, and um, 
then I just remembered like, you know, doing, wanting to feel that so badly. And I just kind of realized, okay, damn, love is really up and down because, you know, <laughs> the project starts with like, oh, you know, if I was your man and then Crossroads is really sickly saying like, okay, I need it. I'm really not thinking clearly. Like, mm. do I, do I stay here? Cause it didn't really end out. The, it didn't really end the way I needed it to. Like, do I stay? Do I move forward? Like, mm-hmm. you know, but I'd rather focus on me. And work on that. And sometimes as men, like we don't necessarily think about um our emotional baggage when we when we are when we leave relationships. So like, I don't think we think about our mental, our mental, our emotional health as well. You know, mm-hmm. like men always have to have like this facade and we always have to, mm-hmm. you know, thug it out, you know, mm-hmm. and never cry and whatnot. And that actually that builds up, right? Mm-hmm. And a breakup can really make someone unhinged like it doesn't matter what you what gender you are like yeah it doesn't matter okay if you're a human breathing <laughs> life a relationship can actually show your truest colors yeah. and so like that's kind of the process so like just to tie this all back in the creative process is actually like living life but obviously because I love fashion and music I I'm inspired by all the things that I watch that I absorb and then I dissect like how do I want to make the person feel how do I want you to feel? And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'll start and I'll create the record. And I had fun creating those songs. I got to do it with my boy, Sino, who really taps into um, my psyche. He like knows exactly what I'm going for when I need it to. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And what's the studio like? Are there snacks? Are there, is it late night? Are there, <laughs> I don't know, last minute? Is there a whole bunch of people? Do you have bring your entourage with you to the studio i'm bad not the entourage is it a um, home studio i don't know i'm just asking ask you, you know, no, ask like, like, to put it out them feeders Maybe a little okay, so i do record out of like multiple studios i record out of three um the one is like more at home studio so i do i record with um rip vic and i record out of real house mm. um and then i also record out of out of um Sino's, uh, Sino's Craig. Mm-hmm. So those are the three places. Do I love having an entourage with me? No, I find music is very sacred. I really like when I'm in control of it. Like I don't, I love people's feedback, but when I'm trying to create something that's authentic to me, I don't really need to be listening to other people's opinion about what I should do or what I should sound like. And that's something that I've had to, I've had to learn along the way. It's okay to like ask for, you know, tips and guidance. But when I'm creating, i prefer i'm not like a show pony that like needs people's validation jumping up in the studio with me like, mm-hmm. that's not you know i'm here to make timeless music i don't need mm-hmm. fifteen thousand people to tell me how to do that i know how to do that i just think it's like this the process of me getting into the habit of doing it so frequently you yeah. know um so yeah it's usually very it's about less than like seven people in the room mm-hmm. if, if there could be less there will be less sometimes <laughs> I, I sometimes i really tell people i don't want them there Mm. you know this even goes even i'll even tell rebecca like no i don't want you (laughs) and she hasn't come like if she leaves me to it because it's it's for me to fits for me to exist like i go to music to escape to exist Mm -hmm. you know don't necessarily need all those people in the room um because it's a it's a lot of energy sharing and i don't want to share all that i just want to you know Mm -hmm. um but Snacks, there are snacks. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, yo, food, a studio, vital, vital, vital. I try and bring like, okay, I know I'm like a health freak, but I try and bring like hummus with me. I love having a ton of water. I love having Reese's yes. or Henry's on deck. 
those are very good for my mental health. I love those candy, <laughs> those chocolate bars. Um, I appreciate that correction because chocolate is not candy. I yes. don't know who that message is for, but chocolate is not candy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, it's not candy. It's it's it's, it's chocolate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely like to have those. Uh, a good shawarma too. Uh, doesn't go on uh, on you know. It's always needed. Um, <laughs> And so it's kind of like the balance, you know, here and there, sometimes I'll treat myself to poutine, you know, but um, having dairy is not necessarily good for the vocal folds. So really? Yeah. I try to stay away from dairy as much as possible. Wait, can you speak more to that? Because I'll probably Google it later, but what, like, does it? So it tends to create uh, um, an excess, an excess amount of phlegm, like mucus. And so, you know, I went to an ENT like not too long ago. And uh, I actually saw what my vocal cords look like. Hmm. Like put a whole camera in my nose down for sh- for him to show me. So like when you cut out, when you cut out like cheese, drinking alcohol, if you smoke, like all that stuff, you, you can see it. But when it's gone, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks very alien. Inside of your body looks very alien. It's not normal. It's very <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't really, I really try and watch like what I'm, what I'm consuming, you know, I'm drinking a lot of like warm tea, you know, I naturally have a raspy voice. So sometimes uh, when I'm singing, it'll come out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so I just try and always manage like <laughs> the, 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 the sauce, you know, that's, that's the best way I can put it. I, I would say is like the sauce. Yeah. That's but, so cool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And you were kind of taking us through a little bit of the story of lonely uh, people volume two. So there is volume one for those of you who have not checked it out yet. 10 on 10 recommend. I will link both projects in the description box of this episode for people to be able to check it out. But like, can you speak to what the main differences between those two projects are? Or um, like, is Lonely People Volume 2 like supposed to be a like an evolution of volume one? And will there be a volume three? because <laughs> the people want to know <laughs> I'm dead I'm like you'd be asking so many goddamn questions right <laughs> um no so okay volume one volume one was honestly like the first time that I had to sit with myself and really process the fact that I was heartbroken because I was I was lying saying that everything was cool you know I had like, there done was, that yeah like you I'm know, good I, it's I was, fine I was changing you know like Mm-hmm. I got in shape, like I had no more debt, like everything was blessed. And I was like, oh my God, like you're completely changing. I'm like, yeah, I moved past all this shit. I'm so good right now. Like nothing could phase me. Yo, bet you the moment I saw my ex, I was like, yo, what is going on? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and that I wanted to document because that's a real thing. You know, like a lot of my boys, a lot of the boy, a lot of the men that I know, you know, we tend to like downplay like when something's going on. And I wanted to document that, you know. So there's a lot of things that I did do that was fairly toxic that I wanted to capture, you know. So mm-hmm. October speaks about, you know, uh it's like a true story, you know, got kind of wasted and I shut up at my ex's place in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um unwarranted and unsolicited, you know, that mm-hmm. that voicemail was like for real a thing. Um, you know, um, only one night basically also goes and speaks to uh you know the aftermath that's like the continue mm-hmm. uh, you know the sequel uh sussex drive is basically the good time you know it's mm-hmm. just like the, the good time is a sequel from only one night but i think what volume two does is it shows how much 
as we're grieving and we're processing our breakup, how much we're willing to do anything to declare our love for something that's not suited for us. Mm -hmm. And you don't think that when you listen to If I Was Your Man, but you'll definitely get that understanding if you're listening to Crossroads Mm -hmm. and to It's Not You, It's Me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think with the future music that's coming up, you know, can't really declare if there's a volume three or whatnot, but, you Mm -hmm. know, there's volumes. So you already, you know, you can imagine the the body of work but i definitely want to showcase that there's got to be a point where you choose yourself and you need to like release you need to let go of the baggage as much Mm -hmm. as you may think you need it like you don't you know and i had to learn it the hard way you know Mm -hmm. um i got to be blessed with meeting probably one of the biggest loves of my life because i was able to let go of something that was no longer serving me Mm -hmm. you know and that's something that i wouldn't have actually like learned if I didn't go through this process, you know, it was very, it was very tricky because it's the first time for me, but I, but I think that's how my project um, is quite different than any other project. I think, you know, most of the time we see something that's verified, it's being championed by like whatever singer that, you know, that's huge, but how much of you can say that like the songs are storytelling, you can close your eyes and you can imagine like the feeling, the setting, you know, mm-hmm. the whole point is we don't talk about, We don't talk about breakups enough. I mean, we have a cool Taylor Swift pop song, but like, do we talk about how people's behaviors, like how toxic they are after a breakup? Do do we talk about how we bring that in other relationships? And then we try and tell people, oh, it's completely normal. Like we normalize the shit out of being toxic, Mm -hmm. you know? And we don't talk about why or what we did to even get there. You gotta be kind to yourself. And that's kind of what I express. Like there is a point where we try so hard to keep what's not serving us anymore. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn how to let that go. When you let that go, it's because you're choosing to love yourself. You know, so this is very much as much as I talk about love and the ups and downs. It's a, it's really and truly this project of in a whole means to me. It's about like loving myself, really choosing myself, and what's good for me. You know, mm-hmm. pay attention. You know, Rebecca told me something really, really smart, and I want to say this very clearly. Pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people. Pay attention to that because that's your intuition. Mm -hmm. If you feel more mentally taxed, drained, you don't necessarily feel confident in yourself afterwards, then that's a good hint that maybe there's some boundaries that need to be set. You know, Mm -hmm. you just start actively thinking about that. It could be for anyone, eh? Not just an ex. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely everyone. Everyone deserves boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Because, like, if you overextend yourself in a relationship, you'll have nothing. Yeah. The relationship is for two people to exist. You can't give all of your energy to the person that you're with. There's no you left, right? So I definitely like push for this out. Like this album was a lot. It was like my personal diary, you know, like it it really helped me flush out like my traumas, you know, and stuff like that. And and I really, I don't know, like I'm really grateful to have the, to have had the feelings. But the funny thing is that this project actually was called Love and Hennessy to start. (laughs) Uh, okay. Yeah, because I was drinking I, a lot. I see it. <laughs> yeah, I was drinking a lot when I made this project in the in the first stretch, you know, especially mm. around October. Only one night, like those were real, tr- real true dark times. But yeah, I think you know I stopped. Then you know we consulted around. They're like, yeah, dog, this sounds like this sounds like lonely people. It's you know, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to my boy Joel. Like he was just kind of like, yo, you should reconsider like retitling it because mm-hmm. it's not. I don't want to promote something. It wasn't just about drinking. This was more about like self-discovery. Like how do you cope with your feelings? Yeah. 
how do men cope with their feelings? You know, a lot of men do cope by drinking. Yeah, we well, because <laughs> unfortunately, we don't hold the space for young boys to just uh, yeah. to just be like self expressive and like I can go into this is literally like the research that I did in school and like right. even like the readings that I continue to do because it's really important for folks to just realize that men don't have space to be emotional in the world because from oh. a very young age you don't cry if you're hurt so then okay we associate crying with weakness and then we associate yeah. weakness with women and if we associate anything feminine with men that's away from being like the traditional masculine male so then it's just a whole like dark hole of literally just expecting men to not be emotional not express their emotions but then be able to especially in the heteronormative society we're in and we're looking at like heterosexual relationships like then we're expecting men who are never allowed to be emotional to be able to handle women who had all the time in the world to be emotional like we're setting each other up for failure, for failure. it just does not make sense it doesn't, so I, it doesn't exist and that's why i think where you know our generation like millennials moving forward what our goal is to do is to show that like yo you're human yeah so let's just drop like the heteronormative like roles like it's not all about like Oh, the Bible says that man is this and woman is yeah. that. Like, all bullshit aside, like all the doctrines aside, whatever it is, whatever the religion is, like it's more than religion, to be quite yeah. honest with you. It's just human nature. All humans need to be very communicative. We all have emotions and we all yeah. need to like address them. Because when you don't, you set a lot of people up to be assholes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And people think that that's okay because, well, oh, I don't have to, I don't have to cry about it. I don't have to cry about like, I'll be good. I'll be good. Okay, cool. You still need to see a therapist, but yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Cause that's and, the other thing. Like some of the stuff that folks deal with, it's like, we're not, you're not bottling up like, Oh, I got to Tim Hortons and someone got the last donut. Like it's real no. trauma you're dealing with. And it's like, I'm good. and it's like, it's like, yo homie, like, I understand you say you're good, but like, but you're not, you're not how you're behaving. Right. Like, you're not processing <laughs> anything. Normally people are scared to talk to you. And, and so like, you know, I know that for one thing too is, you know, I, I speak with a lot of guys and they're like, yo, dog, like, you say some real stuff. Like, this really speaks to how I was, like, at a certain point in time. And I'm like, yeah, bro, because, you know, it's weak. Like, in high school, you have to play a sport. And even when those guys are playing on sports teams, you know, they're not necessarily, they're being told to prepare for the games, you know, mm-hmm. but life, everything outside of that field or that court is the game. Mm-hmm. And where are we showing up for that? Like, I don't think so, mm-hmm. you know, because then we're getting into a lot of unfulfilled relationships, making the other person feel an- inadequate. Uh, we can't really vocalize. We measure our worth by our success and our product, our productivity. And that makes no sense because what happens if all that goes? Right. You know what I mean? It's it's your emotions that you have to deal with. It's your mental health, you know? So like, right. what are we doing? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's why like, Aside from this, like with the music, like I'm creating like a docu-series that basically talks about what we're talking about right now. Um, And that's something that I'm really excited that I I get to share because as much as people want music, people also need a conversation to start. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that we have Bell Let's Talk, but like dead ass. um, It's not like Bell's giving everybody the greatest service to get like um, more affordable like phone lines and whatnot. And it's one day a year. 
Like, are we forgetting that people were still experiencing mental health issues before hashtag let's talk? Like, mm-hmm. we've been needing to talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. and already, amplified. <laughs> like, already, like, health. for me, in terms of like a lot of social media campaigns, one thing I, th- especially in that context, I'm like, yeah, this is great, Belle, let's talk. But then we're also, I just look at like, what about the folks who don't have access to like either like social media or just like, like a phone or what have you, like, what about the, like, if I can see that t- tweet or what have you, I have to recognize that I'm already in a privileged pos- position because I yes. have to have access to like internet or Wi-Fi or, or data. I have a device and I'm like in a, I have the ability to like also read. So like I, there's a lot of privileges that I already have, but what about the folks that like, what about our houseless neighbors? What about those people? What about like folks who fall outside of any type of societal label that like we have out there? And so a public like academic and historian that I love, uh, Blair Imani, uh, she once said that like, the labels we have, like our human experience will always be bigger than the labels that we have. So, so right. So there's never going to be like, as much as we develop language, Mm. humans will still continue to exist beyond language. So once we just understand that, and once we just learn how to be better, like do better, once you know better, just operate from a place of love and understanding that's it because love is unconditional when you can operate like that that means you're operating out of light and kindness and that's actually all it takes literally start turning the wheel you know literally I completely and then agree. you just you just pick it up from there and like mm-hmm. i said one i think also we're very but it's probably just the system that we've come to know well come not mm-hmm. come to know but been forced to know Morning but mm-hmm. yeah is that we all we want like some type of like endpoint like mm. okay now the problem is solved or okay now like here we have this label to be able to identify this or here we have these clear steps where it's like no the human experience is dynamic it's Thank messy you. it's unpredictable it's Thank unforgiving you. it's beautiful it sucks sometimes it's right. so many things like, at but the same that, that's time. exactly what that is and then the second you oop, the second you start to separate things, that's when you start to lose the essence of, like you said before, just existing, just like yes. being. <laughs> the beauty is the madness of it all. And yeah. like, that's exactly what I want to showcase. I want to showcase marginalized. And I'm talking about, I want to, I want to do it all. I really want to, I really want to get to know, um, you know, I really want to speak with trans women. I really want to speak with indigenous. Um, I really want to speak with um Muslim, like black Muslims, um, specifically like Somalians. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I can find out when did they experience love, when did their heart get broken, even if their parents knew, if their parents didn't know, was there support? Mm-hmm. Um, what's their income like, you know, their family home like? Because we don't know, right? When mm-hmm. we talk to each other, we're like, oh, you know, it gets better with time. Yeah, they don't even have the proper environment to heal. How are they going to heal? You know exactly. what I mean? And, and it's not like we have, we say we have the resources, but there's a mad long wait list, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just want to, I don't know. I'm just really curious to know, you know, and I think I, I credit that to um, <laughs> me, me being a, uh, having a socio socio uh, background and, and you, you know, so. Where'd you, I, did you go Carlton or are you Ottawa? Carlton. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, we were I almost, in, we were I almost in there. Sociology and anthropology. So I'm. Oh, I'm that's not. Yeah. I would I would do anthropology if I had to go back. I think I would want to do Anthropos a degree. Crazy though. Yeah. The kind of the kind of ethnographies I had to read, like, because it's about anything. Like, 
that ass. The one thing that that made me going to school made me hyper aware. So I'll be in situations or I'll be in social settings and just being like, yo, I don't even think they are they are aware that this person behaves the way that they do because this is most likely the type of background they come from. Yeah. And I'm just like watching all the stories unfold. Like I actually feel like Rue from Euphoria commenting, <laughs> like narrating on people's lives because I can dead ass like tell. Most of the times when I'm around people, like I can tell, like, and I'm just narrating, like in my mind, I'm like, that's crazy. Me too. As I'm, I'm drinking same. very slowly, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's that's wild like, that that's crazy you know yeah and I don't know and I just think it's all about conversation though too because that's what you kind of learn right like mm-hmm. these anthropologists they go in right they they have a point right so that's I view it like that like I'm viewing it as okay I want to understand what the human experience of heartbreak looks like mm-hmm. you know how do we go about it who do we want to talk about I don't want to just talk with like basic i don't want to talk about just basic regular like not regular people like everyone has a unique story but i don't want it to just be heteronormative i don't think it's fair i think queer people have something to it's say. also like have something dated to say. at this point <laughs> yeah it's normativity is so her. like i know it's i'm over it yeah it's 2008 <laughs> i know i know it's you like, gotta please. tell me so i'm definitely trying to trying to push that and i think that's gonna help the, the message that like love is just universal to, it's a shared experience and like the type of music that I want to create will always stem from like the greatest love conquered and the greatest love lost. Cause loss is, love is just an experience. Yeah. You are either going to have it. You're going to lose it. Sometimes it's just, that's what it is, but mm-hmm. it literally can bring about like rebirth. If you view it from just being able to hold yourself accountable and be able to transform the way that you feel will make you the better version of yourself you know and that's kind of how I want my music to be I want it to be everlasting I want it to be ethereal like Mm -hmm. you know I always want you to feel like okay you can account to a time in your life when you were a certain way or you know it's just the beauty of music like I don't I want to be real like I want to be able to do this shit when I'm old like you mm-hmm. know that's like I want to do that Las Vegas that like Tony Bennett the residency the kind of longevity that I'm talking about I want to yes I want to sing for a long time because when you make beautiful music it's just gonna last long you know mm-hmm. especially when it's real and people know that it's real and it's coming from a place that's like really genuine where you're talking about how we interact as humans <laughs> like yeah. you know yeah and that's and that's kind of what I hope to do like with all of it like not just with lonely people as a series but like even mm-hmm. beyond that I would go even as far as that's what you are already doing. Yeah, I just, I'm starting. I'm just, starting. Yeah, you are already like, like I said, like I've been watching. I'm very um, like, even with myself, it's interesting. My relationship personally with music is just like, I've never been like, I don't want to say super passionate about it, but I've, my dad, like I would listen to like country raw. Like he just listened to whatever. And also my dad was born in 1944. So like I was listening to like, old ass songs that like I don't even know who these artists are sometimes so for me I'm just interested and I just love to hear how people take different approaches of sharing their stories or sharing their feelings through music mm-hmm. and I just like with this series but also kind of with my podcast I was like oh let me learn more about music but then I was like let me learn more about music from the people that are already within the communities I've been in because then that connection is one already there even though we might not have been aware of it it's already there but also like I'm like you were saying earlier, why would I support like, or I have the option to support these big names who just like 
are like hit machines at this point. They're just pumping out songs like nobody's business, but why not support someone who has like intention and feeling and experience and like just pure vulnerability behind what it is they're putting into their project. And on top of that, like, who knows next time in Ottawa, I might see you. It's like, that's, that's, yeah, you don't that's know. the and I, and I definitely beauty of it, do that. you know? So yeah. like, you're, you're for sure already, already on your way to just no. making. I'm learning to just be grateful and mindful that I'm in the present. And like, that's what I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. And cause all I want to do is just have, I just want to realize, like, I know that I'm realizing my dreams like day by day, you know, step by step. And I'm, and I'm very grateful for it, but I just can't wait to do it at such a big level. Mm-hmm. And then just go back and li- like lift up. Cause I want to lift up the communities that I come from, you know, I just yeah. want to go out and cause I think like there's a lot of great creatives that are BIPOC, that are marginalized, that are queer, that are, you know what I mean? And that are women, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely think like, yo, there's so much space that we need to take up mm-hmm. and I just want to give back. <laughs> like yeah. anyone who's like considered an underdog uh, by, you know, societal norms, like, yo, I, I want to be able to, to give back in a way that everyone can kind of tell their own story. Like I don't really, because we're, we're too preoccupied with other shit that just doesn't matter. It doesn't actually yeah. fill our souls, you know? And like us living is the experience that we need to be talking about. It's what we need to be showcasing and, I don't know. I just, I, it's just kind of, it's kind of what I've always wanted to do. You know, it's, I don't want people to be like, Oh, well you can't do this. You know, I want to be a clear example of, yo, I come from a city where people just graduate high school. They go to, they go to university or college, they get married and they settle and that is it. And that's beautiful for them. But if you feel like you want to do more, you can do more. Yeah. And like, you don't have to hear about, Oh, I don't know if this is the best interest for you. Like, you know what you're going to need. You know, that's why a lot of people have midlife crisis. That's why yeah. they go through that because they didn't fully emancipate the way that they wanted to. They, they followed something, you know, mm-hmm. cause they felt like at the time that was the best thing for them, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying this is just, it's a general statement, but it's a, a statement that still has been proven to me as I've been getting older, watching <laughs> yeah. people around me, you know. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a noticeable like pattern that I'm recognizing here, and mm-hmm. I think yeah, yo, we're we're in the day and age where we gotta make our dreams, and like we don't really have to hear anyone tell us, oh, we can't, we can't do, we can't do it because whatever. I'm from Ottawa, I don't care. Yeah, if I'm from on prior, like I'm gonna <laughs> do what I want to do. Like yeah. I'm gonna make R&B, and if people in Ottawa don't know me, it's my job to make sure that they recognize the music that I'm making to champion that music, whether they mm-hmm. want to or not, because I'm going to go to another country and do the exact same thing. Cause I just want to be an artist and make the city proud. So it's not like, Oh, I'm from Borg old Ottawa. Yeah. There's talent <laughs> from the city and what, Yeah, you know, come yeah. put some money into our city so we can get it an on and pop. And we got some mm-hmm. shit that we would like to do too, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the goal is. That's like what the, the vision is. I just want to, anything that I touch or that I, that I'm involved in, I want it to always be made out of like love and I want it to be the, and I want it to be the best that it can possibly be. And if it's not the best, well then fuck, let's try again. Yeah. Get it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's get it right. Let's keep going. Cause that's all, that's all it is. Like it's literally just learning from where you, where, where, where it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. and repeating and then tweaking it it's 
the same thing. Like you're never going to get it right. There's nothing about, and I'm a perfectionist. I always want everything to be perfect and right, mm-hmm. but there's beauty in there being mistakes. Yeah. You know, and just like, okay, so there's a mistake there. How do I, yeah. Where do we, how do we, how do we grow from this? Wait, what did I, what know? did I learn? How do we avoid like you have all finding answers. ourselves in this situation again? It's quite like informative, but can you speak to what's next for, for lonely boy? What's, what are you allowed to share? If there's anything you want to share, should we be keeping our eyes or ears out for anything in definitely, the near future? Definitely keep your <laughs> eyes and ears out. So definitely, like I said, I'm working on a docu-series. I definitely want to have this docu-series ready for y'all to dissect. Um, I want it to be like a four-episode project. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a limited series, maybe about like five to six minutes, uh, five to six minutes each. Um, definitely going to have some more music. Um, going to be expanding um, my collaboration at work and work with a lot more um producers i want to start getting involved with like live instruments really giving you that like that sonic that good 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 shit you know yeah. uh, so <laughs> definitely want to expand and, I, and i'm gonna start like learning how to record myself Ooh. i want to get more hands-on i think it's gonna help my my creativity but lonely people is not done let's just say that so we still have some things to give you and some things to put out you know Excellent. but uh there's gonna be music all throughout this year and performances as well and um anywhere that i'm performing you'll know if you follow me on any social media platform drop um, your yeah. drop your handle <laughs> drop that. She's like, yeah you better right now Plug literally <laughs> um yeah like if you follow me on instagram twitter tiktok whatever the case may be um, Facebook even. Um, it's Lonely Boy XXO. So that's L-O-N-E-L-Y-B-O-Y-X-X-O. Um, and that's where you'll basically be able to hear anything that I'm doing. Um, if you follow me on any DSPs, that's like Spotify, Title, Apple, it's just Lonely Boy. Um, the only project that you'll find is like Lonely People Volume 1 and 2. But be sure, be sure to be tuned in because I'm going to be giving you uh, the sauce and all the good creative magic that I've got in the works, you know? Amazing. And I ask all my guests this at the end, is there a takeaway or a piece of homework or like a moment of reflection that you want to leave with the listeners uh, today? Hmm. You're never going to be perfect. You are you are the, basically you are the masterpiece. You're constantly in work. So like whatever it is you think you can't do, you can do it. You just got to listen to yourself and find out what that is. Like you got to be good to you, like love you. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because if you love you and you love yourself properly, you'll love everything around you and life will be very beautiful. But you got to, you got to listen to yourself. You really got to like take care of your body. You got to take care of your mind. That's like the most important thing like being mentally aware of yourself is the most important thing that I want to leave with anyone listening because I think we downplay how important that is and that plays a big role so being kind to yourself is taking care of your your mental health your well-being because when there's love in your life for yourself you'll have it for others and Mm. love is ever flowing it doesn't ever run out but you have to take care of you first. <laughs> you can't take care of anyone else, but you have to take care of you in order for that to happen. And that's what I think I want to leave them with today. You know? Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. So I hope you folks enjoyed that conversation. Like I said, be sure to check out, support, subscribe, play, share, all that shit. All that shit, man. But 
Um, I don't think I have a meaningful sign-off. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say, you know, please rate and subscribe this podcast. What else? What else? Check out my new website. Um, Say something kind to your body. Check in on someone you haven't checked in on a while. And... Ooh, wash that soft crust buildup out from in between your toes. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and I can't wait until we get to chat next time. Until then, Alia, don't forget to love off yourself now. Okay, bye.